It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Courtney Crowe and Harry Lyles Jr., Kevin Clark, Bill Barnwell. First to 70 points wins today's Around the Horn. Everything on the Dolphins. Historic annihilation of Denver. Cowboys, oof, versus the Cardinals. Ohio State versus the world. And the world's only playing 10 people on the field in the most important play. And Oregon cleaning the clock of Deion Sanders in Colorado. Let's go around the horde. Move your head. This is a football Monday. We're going to keep a pace today. That's the battle. Let's go. 70 points tied to the third highest score game in NFL history. 726 total yards is the most in NFL history. 10 yards per play. They could have got a first down every time they touched the ball. If they wanted to. And it's the want that I want to talk about here. Because they turned off the hose. This could have been 80 or 90 if they wanted and kept Tugabailoa and Mostert and Hill in. Bill Barnwell around the horn to you. What did we just witness with these Miami Dolphins? They announced themselves as an all-time caliber offense right there with the 2007 Patriots and the 2018 Chiefs. And it's not because of what they did throwing the football. It's running the football and running specifically in the fourth quarter without Tua Tagovailoa, Tyreek Hill, and Jalen Waddle, who was out for the entire game, on the field. Even with those guys on the sidelines taking a break, they still ran for 140 yards and scored 21 points and turned the spigot off what they could have set an NFL record for scoring. Mm. Yeah, right? You thought they could have got 80. They could have got 90. Kevin Clark, what did we just witness with this Dolphins attack? The best team in football? 67% of the first downs come on first or second down. They don't even need third down anymore. That's how they're changing the sport. Just need two downs, okay? We're seeing the six fastest incidents of guys with balls in their hands this year are all Dolphins. Mm. Everybody's moving over 21 miles per hour every time they touch the ball. That shouldn't be happening. That's over the speed limit in some counties. And so, listen, you got the final form of the McDaniel offense, the Shanahan offense. That's what this is. Bill, you brought up the 07 Patriots. You brought up the 2018 Chiefs. Those teams didn't even score 60. Now we're at 70. Mm. This is offensive perfection. Flex every Dolphins game into prime time. <laughs> Flex every game. So, okay, so you had them as the number one in your power rankings, which is interesting to me. Kevin, because on your first show on Friday, you had a team from Dallas, number one in the power rankings. Harry Lyles Jr., let's go around the horn of the Dolphins. Tony, it's all about the greatness that Bill and Kevin had just pointed out, but to me, it's also about the style points and the swagger that they did it with. I knew that football game was over after the first touchdown when Tyreek Hill went into the stands to celebrate with the crowd, because it's not like they were already up three or four touchdowns at that point, so to have the confidence to go do that is one thing. But the other thing about this, like I mentioned, with the style, they utilized 49 players in motion at the snap. That's the most mm. since ESPN has been tracking this and since 2017. And on those plays, they had 553 yards and seven touchdowns. This has been the culmination of what the Dolphins have thought this offense could be under Mike McDaniel. They added a bunch of pieces in the offseason, and you're seeing those show up in a game like yesterday. And Cody Cronin. 
this passing attack, Tony, naturally garners all of the headlines, but they showed you yesterday this offense is way more than just Tyreek Hill and Tua Tagovailoa. That run game that was 25th last year has exploded in terms of efficiency and how they're spreading it out among their backfield. Devon Achan yesterday, 18 carries, over 200 rushing yards, and he also caught two touchdowns as well. If this offensive line can continue to move bodies in the run game as effectively as they pass block, they will continue on as the team that has the most complete offense in the NFL. And you said that week one. You said they were. They announced the league that they were. You see, that's how it works, Clark. She said it week one. She stands by what she said. We'll, we'll get back to that in a, in a second real quick. There's two teams on the field at the same time, right? You have to work hard to let up 70 like the Denver Broncos did. You really have. I mean, and now they're 0-3. How down bad are they? They've got the Bears next week. What is the opposite of flexing every game? Reverse flex the Bears and the Broncos next week. We'll move on. College. How Ohio State beat Notre Dame. How Notre Dame could not salt this game away. The number of times you thought it was over for only a huge conversion. Kyle McCord getting it done late. And then the last two plays at the goal line. Notre Dame only had 10 on defense. You would prefer 11 in those instances. Here's Ryan Day taking a victory lap afterwards. I'd like to know where Lou Holtz is right now. What he said about our team, I cannot believe. This is a tough team right here. We're proud to be from Ohio, and it's always been Ohio against the world. Mm-hmm. Harry, you were there. Did Ohio State win it or Notre Dame blow it? It's a combination, Tony. They left that window just a little bit open, and Ohio State snuck through it. And I know a lot of people want to talk about the 10 players on the field for that last play, but I think Notre Dame might have lost it two and a half minutes earlier, second 15, and basically they ran the – I'm sorry, they did not run the football. They should have run the football. They threw a short screen pass, did not force Ohio State to use their final timeout. Fast forward, 15 seconds left. They have an intentional grounding instead of a 10-second runoff. They used that timeout and got to run four more plays after that. That is what won Ohio State the game. It kept the window open. They took advantage of it. And your young quarterback and Kyle McCord got a little bit more experience, and Ohio State got better because of it. Mm-hmm. Courtney Cronin, Ohio State winner or Notre Dame blow it? Ohio State won this game, and the way that Lou Holtz in his recliner chair on Pat McAfee just got under Ryan Day's skin like no one else could is because he pointed out their weak spot, that this team has been one play short, and we saw that against Georgia. That haunted them last year, and that... That idea around this team almost came true a couple times in this game, that they weren't going to be able to buck that trend because in the first half there was a fourth and goal from the one they didn't convert there. In the fourth quarter, there was a third and one they didn't convert, a fourth and one they didn't convert, and they gave the ball back to Notre Dame. Now, for Chip Traynham to burst through at the goal line and smash all of the the ideas out there that this team could not push through, it feels like this is a different version of Ohio State. And you like to see it because they took advantage not only only of those two plays where there were 10 players on the field, but Notre Dame being in prevent defense all the way up until they got to the goal line. Okay, well, that sounds in some ways like maybe Notre Dame blew it. Bill Barnwell, to you, Ohio State win it or Notre Dame blow it? 
Notre Dame blew this game because of how they played on defense before they forgot to get that 11th guy off the sideline for those final plays. They could have ended this game three times on that final drive. They had a fourth and seven. Ohio State converted. Ohio State threw them an interception. Notre Dame dropped it. And then third and 19, you give up a 21-yard completion to set up that first and goal from the one-yard line. When you blow those three chances to end the game, you cost yourself the game before you even forgot that. And Kevin Clark. Ryan Day, a little tip. If the allegations are that you are soft, do not be bullied into a rivalry with an 86-year-old ex-coach who retired in 2004, which is before most of your recruits were alive, uh, who was talking to a fake version of himself on <laughs> the Pat McAfee Friday show. just yeah. trying to hype up yeah. his own team. Yeah. Okay? He should go on McAfee every single Friday, take shots at Ryan Day, he, Lou Holtz is in Ryan Day's head. This is the best rivalry in sports. Blame the okay. loss on Al Golden and 10 guys on the, on the field. There's a W for Lou Holtz. Lou Holtz won, Ryan Day zero. Okay. Can Day really take a victory lap when it came down to the very last play by inches versus a 10-man defense that you score on? Can, can you say we're tough, we're hard? That, that was, that's the question I really want answered here. Courtney? I think so. Okay. I mean, to go on the road to do that mm -hmm. and be able to walk off with a win and rise up in the rankings, this is a different version of, Ohio, of the Ohio State team than we've seen previously. Now it's Ohio versus the world. Tough matchup. They probably have to go on the road for that, too, because uh, it would be hard to get the whole world <laughs> into Ohio. We'll move on. Friday's panel had Colorado keeping it close with Oregon. It was not close. You guys get their mutes. It was the furthest thing from close, this side of... Dolphins Broncos, I guess. Deion Sanders, though, after the game, took the loss and took it on the chin in stride. I don't say stuff just to say it for a click, you know, contrary to what some may say. But, uh, I, yeah, I, I keep receipts. You better get me right now. This is the worst we're going to be. Mm -hmm. The part about keeping receipts was about Dan Lenning's pregame. Take a listen here. The Cinderella story is over, man. Right? They're fighting for clicks, we're fighting for wins. There's a difference. Right? There's a difference. Right? This game ain't gonna be played in Hollywood, it's gonna be played on the grass. National panel got a bunch of questions about this matchup, but first, how did Lanning's comment strike you, Kevin Clark? Looks like Dan Lanning, who I think very, very highly of, was looking for clicks. That's all this was. He was selling himself just like Dion. It was just a different version of it. Oregon was always going to win this game. The talent gap is massive. If you just look at recruiting, just the, the life cycle of where the programs are. But this is another example of Dion winning. He elevated the Colorado brand in a month of football to the point that Oregon is able to get clicks, so to speak, off of going at Colorado. So that's what we're just going to see over and over. We'll probably see with USC this week. This is a little bit of lose the battle, win the war, because Dion is still able to sell himself. We call it unboxing ticket talk. This stuff sells. It's going to keep happening, and Dion likes it. Harry Lyles Jr.? Tony, I didn't get the script, but I did sort of call this happening. And somebody that also oh, kind of saw this coming this? was okay. Dan Lanning because <laughs> he knew what he was doing in that locker room. So to pull the curtain back a little bit for people, when you see pregame interviews with coaches, players, anything of that nature, one of the other things that we ask is, hey, can we do the pregame speech in the locker room? 99 times out of 100, you don't see that. You saw that on Saturday. The, it was a very well lit. Room. Oh, you're saying he wanted this? Okay, I hear you. He absolutely well, wanted it. Got the bars off. Got it all clipped up. And then in the first quarter, he went out and walked the walk. Four touchdowns on the first five drives in the first quarter. Was going for it on every single fourth down. So look, 
Dan Lanning beat Deion Sanders at his own game. You have to respect it. Okay. Let's talk about this game, too, because it was such a non-game, a blowout, right? And then the polarizing reaction to that followed. So how did that land for you, Courtney Cronin, with, with Colorado losing their first game? I mean, they were outgained on the ground by 200 yards. This thing was over within the first couple of minutes, Tony. We all knew this was going to happen. Oregon is a better football team. You know who wasn't talking throughout the week last week? It was Deion Sanders. I'm not so sure why everybody thinks that he's doling out all of this trash talk. Maybe his actions are loud, like bringing a throne to Oregon for the game and wearing shades and wearing his cross. People don't like those things, but you know what? This is going to be the worst team he has at Colorado. Dan Lanning knows that as well as anybody. What he did, taking advantage of that moment to get a message out to recruits, recruits that he's going to be battling for along with Colorado and Deion Sanders over the next couple of years. It was a smart move. It was a calculated move, and it was the right Okay, and Bill, the way that they lost, the way Colorado, a non-game, does that put any any water on, on the flame here? Absolutely not. Things are totally fine in Colorado. This was a team that had a Vegas over-under of three and a half before the season. They were in their first three games. They're playing with house money right now, Tony. And I think Courtney and Kevin are totally correct. Dion is forcing every other coach he comes up against to play his game. And Dion, this year, next year, the year after, is going to be better at playing that game than any other coach. Look at you guys. All right. You're all excusing a 42-6 to loss. All right. All right. Fine. That's only 36 points, not 50 points. (laughs) They weren't the Broncos. (laughs) All right. This is the throw that you were talking about, Courtney Cronin. It's it's lugging it to and from the visiting locker room. If you're going (laughs) to lose like that, that's a job. College hunks. All in junk. Let's go around the horn. Wheels. Wheels. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guarantee Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Welcome back to Around the Horn, coming to you from the seaport. Brought to you by Patron. Perfection starts with Patron. Fire cell, and it's the Dallas Cowboys. The egg they laid in Arizona. Oh, They're not the best team be. in the NFL. The Dallas Cowboys are. Oh, I would hate to be a panelist on their first show 
who uttered those words. Okay, Kevin, we'll let you slide for just a little bit. Talk to me about this Cowboys loss, though. Does it negate everything they did in the first two weeks of the season? KC. Um, I also would hate to be a panelist who said that. I don't know who that was. Um, maybe AI? Yeah. Like a deep fake kind of situation. Going the wrong way. I was hacked. Um, here's what I would say about that. Number one is that teams have weird September losses all the time, especially good teams. Week three last year, the Chiefs lost to the damn Colts, who were on their way to getting uh, their coach fired very shortly after that. Couldn't stop the run yesterday. Micah Parsons was invisible. Red zone offense, best red zone team in the last two years, was non-existent. It was awful. Laid an egg. No excuses for my Dallas Cowboys. No excuses. You're writing it off. In the NFC. What happens when you write something off? It just goes away. Bill Bardwell, what did you see from Dallas? How can they lose that game? Does it negate everything they just did the two previous weeks? Yes, because there's a running problem for this offense that stretches out from this, not this one game. Stretches back to the Jets game as well, and that's their red zone performance, which Kevin mentioned is a major issue for a team that was number one in red zone efficiency last season. This year, they're 28th, and maybe that would be just random variance, but they've lost three key pieces of their offense. Ezekiel Elliott was their primary ball carrier in the red zone. Dalton Schultz was their primary receiver in the red zone. And their offensive coordinator, Kellen Moore, who, by the way, has the Chargers second in the NFL in red zone efficiency in Los Angeles. So Cowboys may have to make some changes to build up that red zone offense to where it was a year ago. Bonnie Cronin. Six of 15 in the red zone over the first three games. Bill's right. That's not great, and that could be the sign of a bigger problem here. But... You know, missing three starters on the offensive line, that's not going to be a trend that probably continues on. And the 13 penalties for 107 yards, that's the third most they've had under Mike McCarthy since 2020. I'd be a little bit more concerned about their undisciplined play than anything else. Harry Lowe. I don't think it negates everything that they did in the first couple of weeks, but I will tell you this, I am buying, and this comes from the recently founded Harry Lyle Stats and Info, that this is the earliest trap game in NFL history because for the entire <laughs> week, we heard about how the Dallas Cowboys were the best team in the NFC, they were Super Bowl lock, and how the Cardinals were tanking out loud and terrible and a waste of time, and they played really hard and won that football game. So I'm going with this just I being a trap game. I think they may have the for the okay. previous two weeks, too. People may be on a bus. For the Arizona Cardinals, I had no idea about that. But they did let up 28 points to Joshua Dobbs, this number one defense. We'll move on. The Vikings, how this game ended with L.A. Too much crowd noise in the end of game drill? Is that what happened? Look at the plays here. Look at the clock tick away. A full 23 seconds running before Cousins gets this playoff where he said he couldn't even hear Kevin O'Connell in his ear. He just called his own play. Then they said, well, no, we got the right play. We both agreed on the play, but the clock... Didn't matter. It didn't make the interception. The interception was brutal. That was one of many head-scratching plays called late in game. How about the Raiders Sunday night opting for the field goal down eight to the Steelers with the end zone in reach? They only got the ball back for a last gasp. So, Harry, when you think of those two games and the way they finished, what was more unforgivable? I'm buying the Raiders being more unforgivable. I understand where the Vikings are coming from, but it's hard for me to blame fans for being excited because they're still in the game. And Kirk Cousins said they still ultimately got the call in that they wanted to get. The thing with me for the Raiders is this was a questionable call two minutes earlier when you kicked a field goal then. So if that was a 50-50 proposition <laughs> okay. then, you just accomplished the thing that you need to do two minutes later. You should have gone for it. 
This is not the fans' fault at U.S. Bank Stadium. This is infuriating. Kirk Cousins is a 12-year quarterback. He does not need to wait for his head coach to put a play call in. For the clock to go from 37 seconds down to 12 without Cousins spiking the ball was egregious, Tony. He said as much post-game. He said, I can do whatever I want. Then why didn't you spike the ball, Kirk? Whoa, listen to Cronin Cook. Bill Barnwell. Raiders, clearly to me, and here's the reason why. Fourth and five or less, down by eight points, opponent side of the field. Over the last 30 years, 57 teams faced that situation. 57 teams decided to go for it. The Raiders, the 58th team, decided, ah, we're going to kick a field goal. We'll be fine. We'll figure it out later. That's embarrassing. Hey, Kevin Clark. Okay, so they're both awful, but at least the Vikings was a communication breakdown. Josh McDaniels thought about this. He had a clear head, and he said, okay, I'm still going to make the worst decision possible. That's why it's significantly <laughs> worse. I hate this Raiders team. I hate the Josh McDaniels era. Do something else, Mark Davis. They still needed to get a touchdown, even with it all. Oh, boy. Harry Lyles Jr., thanks for your time today. Kevin Clark, show number two. He learned the other side of the mute. Showdown next, Courtney Cronin, Bill Barnwell. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Cronin, Barnwell, good luck in showdown. Did the Orlovsky that Gardner Minshew pulled yesterday actually help the Colts beat the Ravens? Was it the reason the Colts beat the Ravens? Stepping out of the back end zone meant two points, but a better change of field. And when Indy got the ball back, they were able to kick and tie the game. And in overtime, kick and win the game. Matt Gay had a day. Are you crediting the Orlovsky safety with this Colts win, Courtney? Tony, Gardner Minshew is the only quarterback in NFL history to do this and have his team still win. Don't try to make sense of the Colts win <laughs> over true. the Ravens. Just appreciate <laughs> Minshew mania. Bardwell? It helped, but it helped, but it wasn't the reason why. The Colts still had to survive the most dangerous thing in sports, a Justin Tucker last-second field goal. He's 31 for 33. His yeah, well, that, his that came short by a yard. It was from, it was from 60. Um, okay, so Garoppolo lost the game because the Broncos beat the 49ers that game, and then the Lions, of course, lost the Olofsky game. So that's the first time they ever had a win with Olofsky? All right, we'll split the point. We'll move on. Showdown 2. News of the weekend uh, was Usher being halftime for the Super Bowl, but news of the world was that Taylor Swift 
was at the KC game. VIP weekend. Swift showing up at the game. Overshadowed, eclipsed everything. Mahomes was asked about the pressure of playing in front of her. We're getting Kelsey a touchdown. And then look at all the sights. And this is not even all of them. The headlines and the coverage that came from this is just Cosmo and E! News and InStyle are reporting on an NFL game now. Is this KC's best weapon or is this just a lot to handle, Bill? Too much pressure on Travis Kelsey. If this relationship fails and they break up, Kelsey gets booed in every stadium around the country. Uh, Courtney? He willingly put himself in a situation to be lyrically destroyed, have a very large section of the female population turn against him, and be considered a distraction for the Chiefs if it doesn't work out. So more power but to you, But he's Travis. just that guy. Right to the right to, to do it like that. Bill Barnwell, 30 seconds of FaceTime. Congrats on your first win. <laughs> Beautiful time. Usher was named as the halftime show at the Super Bowl this year. Very excited for that, hoping the NFL uses it as an opportunity to add more ASL inclusivity to the halftime show. In years past, they've had ASL interpreters on the field for the national anthem, even had ASL rappers interpreting the LA show a couple years ago. But nothing on the screen. Want to see them on the screen this year. Mm, I think that's it for today. Tony and Mike are next. We'll see you tomorrow.